Welcome back. Mail-in podcast time. I'm your host, Brett Merriman. To my right, she's back after creating life. Sally DeFreeze. I'm here. Back in the building. Back uh, with us on the Mail-in podcast. Sally, let me be the first to say congratulations on the addition of Charlie. Charlie. To yeah. the fam, to the squad. Yeah. We're very happy for you. Very excited for you guys. Thank you. And welcome back on the mail. Another ginger. Another ginger, huh? Well, he's currently blonde, but I think it, he's going to be a ginger. Kind of fades into the red. That's how Fritz was, so we'll mm-hmm. see. How are you doing? I'm good. How's things? How's life? I'm How's... tired. Uh, I was not ready to be on camera. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you straight. Mm. Okay. 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 This season of my life of postpartum is not my hottest but mm. i am on a hotness journey again now not that i wasn't wow you too solidarity solidarity because randy's on one as well oh okay randy uh not that i wasn't hot when i was pregnant okay i i'm not saying that like pregnant people are ugly no I, they're glowing. honestly i've i thought i looked great while i was pregnant the issue is that when you're postpartum you start like losing your hair and mm. your hormones are crazy and you have no you know energy you don't sleep so and you don't have time to do your hair but the worst part is that i recently restarted my retinol journey oh we're burning faces yeah oh yeah and have you heard of the retinol uglies no i have not so when you start using retin-a again uh or retinoids um because you're you're increasing your cell turnover on your face it can burn you but also like bring up stuff that's been below the surface so if you were gonna break out like it's gonna cause you to break out the the retinol uglies is what it's called that's what it's called so what happens is most people who start using retinoids okay do it and then they hit this phase where they're like fuck i look sorry for cussing look (laughs) terrible like my face is burned because i use too much Mm -hmm. or now i'm breaking out around my chin and my mouth and they stop using it but you've got to just push through the uglies. You got to keep going for the sake of anti-aging. So that's where I'm at. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not going to see anybody cause for three months. So I'll mm-hmm. just have my retinoid uglies, the retinoid ugly phase. But here Interesting. I am with my hair falling out and mm-hmm. my retinol uglies and my bags under my eyes from being tired. So I apologize to people who are watching on YouTube. Maybe don't for like the next two months. In 10K in front of millions of viewers. Thanks to Randy. YouTube.com slash mail-in podcast to see Sally and I in our retinoid ugly phase. Yeah. I'm on it too, so. So did you ever have the uglies? Uh, No, I have the skin burn though, for sure. Yeah, well, because you you and I have both fair skin. But how often are you using it? Uh, Once a week. Because you got to start going more than that more than that yeah okay ideally ideally you want to go to every day but you have to work up to it because like we said you burn your face it's very yeah absolutely you only need a tiny tiny pee amount Mm -hmm. all over your face and neck i would start like every three days to every other day and then work up to every day but you've got to like let your skin get used to that and not that this is a skincare podcast, but now that I'm on this roll, mm-hmm. you must use sunscreen. Got to roll, yeah. SPF that up afterwards. You know, I think people forget that they have to use sunscreen in the winter. They should just do I, I do it every day anyway. You should. Yeah. Everyone should be using sunscreen every Except day. that one time uh, I was out at my buddy's ranch in San Saba, uh-huh. and it was like 64 degrees and sunny and windy, uh-huh. and we were sitting there watching college football. I got, I got toasted. That's the thing. Toasted. People, when the weather yep. is cooler... You I had forget. no access to skincare. I was just like, oh, it's cool. I had a hat on. I had a coat on. No. Toast. You got to protect that face. Yeah, you sure do. Protect uh, your well-being, your sanity, too, by listening to the Mail-In Podcast. Hit us up uh, on the hotline, 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail-In Podcast or in the description of this episode. Sally, are you ready to go? Yeah, we're doing this live because I have not looked at the rundown yet. Well, here we go. It'll be fun. I think uh, it's it's nothing we haven't covered before. Okay, great. I'm giving a best man toast this weekend. Give me all of the tips. It's my third time as a best man in a wedding. No big deal. Uh, and I feel like I finally have my strategy locked in. His first speech was good, but the nerves got to me. 
Second was also good, but definitely want to touch too long. I think I'll rock my third attempt, but hit me with what you know. Well, he sounds like he's in a good position. Yeah, three best man. That's that's a that's a big number. Have I've you been, been a best man yet? No, I haven't been a best man yet. I I'm I'm sure I will be for one, if not two. Well, the the, the thing is, I here's here's my problem with lack of best menship. All of my best guy friends have brothers, uh, and they yeah. get the nod. Yeah. So yeah. I've been in a bunch of weddings. Uh, I've given. Plenty of speeches at weddings. Yeah. I've never been anointed the best man. I've been a maid of honor mm-hmm. once for Lily's. There you go. And I I probably have like exactly the same, like used that role as my own. But like for one of my friends was essentially that role, but her cousin was her maid of honor, but sure. her cousin yeah. was young. And same thing for like a friend who had a, an older sister. Um, Okay. He already hit on two things. So number one is the nerves. Mm -hmm. You can't do a lot about the nerves, but one thing I think people, one thing I think is important is if you are making a toast, especially if it's at the wedding, but even if it's at the wedding versus the rehearsal dinner, number one is to not drink a lot before you do it. Mm, Like you can have a beer, a A solitary cocktail, a glass of champagne, but I would not drink more than like one drink until you make the toast, because mm-hmm. if you're already nervous and you start drinking, especially if this is harder if you're doing it at the wedding, because you're like, it's an all day affair. You've maybe you're golfing, maybe you're getting ready. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I would keep the alcohol consumption to the bare minimum if possible, because you do the absolute thing you do not want to happen is tip over the edge into drunk and then you're making a drunk speech. Drunk speeches are tough. The, in my experience, the worst best band speeches have been dudes who are tanked. Right, and they just go on because then you're rambling, rambling and yeah. and not making sense, or crying in, crying. in one I mean, case. Of we have shouts to. Uh, I cannot buddy shout Will. this person out. Oh no! But we have a friend who made his toast. He was not the best man, but he made a wedding toast. Oh yeah, that one of our friends recorded at the wedding. Oh boy! And it it got he was like emotional. It turned kind of dark, and <laughs> like yeah, he was slurring. Yeah. One of the guests of the wedding, because they were fr- he was friends with the bride and the groom, but like I think one of the brides, like uncles or something, thought that our friends was ESL was English second language because oh, he was slurring so oh bad they thought God. he was foreign. So oh that that's number one is like keep the alcohol consumption to the minimum until yeah. you make the toast and then you're then do whatever nuts. you want, but sure. like don't give fuel to the fire of nerves. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't want to put yourself in a bad position. Very much so. Number two is don't go over. You mm-hmm. know, I no totally. one, no one's ever going to sit there and be like, "That was a shitty speech. It was too short." Okay, but people will roast you if it's too long. Absolutely. And the thing that happens with like length on speeches, I think when you start writing it down, when you start scripting it too much, it can get it can get lengthy, kind of unexpectedly. Right. If you're trying to hit bullet points and all of a sudden you're trying to tie them together and you're like, then you then you're just rambling and rambling and rambling. The the worst ones are either way too long or way too short. It's like my my advice here is find a sweet spot, pick five things. Yeah. And just hit, 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 hit. Intro, uh, you know, something about him, something about a memory, something funny, and something to get out of there with. Yeah. That's about it. And if nerves are a factor, what I I think the, the people don't have experience with public speaking, or you want to try to go to like face blind to the crowd, and the way to do that is pick a point in the back of the room, the right side of the room, and the left side of the room, like just above head level, yeah. so people think you're interacting and engaging with the crowd. Um, and then number three would be don't don't re- like mem like memorize it. But don't be looking at a phone or notes. I I don't like when people are standing there like reading off a script. Nothing loses an audience more than when you whip out a five-page mm-hmm. fucking novel. Yeah, that's stapled. And you hear the, yeah, you hear the page like when I met Taylor in the second grade in I Mrs. Mean, Anderson's class. I, uh, paper flip. You know who's the worst about this though is like fathers. Fathers pull this. Well, out they just like to. I mean, they and, just because they want to talk and they should. Yeah. They're the ones paying for the wedding. It's their daughter. Yeah. Blah blah. You're like, 
We don't need that. We don't need nine mm-hmm. pages of like how great your daughter is. We know it. We're there. We're we're here for her. Well, I totally agree with everything you said. Pick five points. Honestly, what I think, especially if you can't memorize it and mm-hmm. you aren't good flying off the cuff, I think the best thing to do is to you don't have to script it out, but have a generalized idea of what you're going to say. And then even if you want to, in my opinion, the least egregious thing you can do is maybe bring a note card with you that has bullet points on it so that you know exactly where you're supposed even to. You just like lean it on the table right. you're in front of. So you just can cut, if you need to reference something, you can, but don't be, you like, don't need a, you don't need a phone to read and, off yeah. of nothing. Like I, this, I hate this looking at the phone, but, and I'm talking bullet points as in one word. Yeah. Like, you know, football. high school or yeah. football so that you remember the story. And then yeah. like the first time you met the fiance or whatever it is, one to three word phrases mm-hmm. to make you remember. And that's it. You don't need a script. You don't need paper with you. You don't need your phone yeah. because you'll lose the audience immediately. All you do. So intro, who are you? Two, reel them in with something funny. Like I knew Ben before he was, uh, or back when he was blacking out every night and not dating the most beautiful girl in the world. That's Sally. I met her for the first time. Right. Blankety blank. We did this together. This memory I have. Another joke. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. Have a good night. Toast. See ya. Bang. Okay. And my last point, know your audience. Mm. So I think there is a time and a place. Just know how rated RPG your jokes need to be. Sure. You know, nothing is going to kill it more than you making some joke about like your friend at his bachelor party with strippers Mm. when like that's not the crowd and there's a grandma present. Absolutely. Yeah. So keep the jokes. I would say PG if you can, unless you know that the crowd is going to be like a little bit more. Like, yeah, don't don't go Jerry Seinfeld. Like, right. Oh, I see we have the bride's brother here. Yeah. When last time I was with Richie in Vegas, hey he Richie, was eating a chicken tender out of a stripper's butthole. Or right. Something. Yep. Yeah. Hey Richie, remember that one? Yeah. Sorry, Aunt Nancy. Yeah. Um, Randy, you have you have takes. It appears. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. I have, <laughs> I have a I have a formula for these types of. Uh, oh, okay. Really? Speeches. Hit us. It goes intro. Say who you are. All that stuff. I'm Brett. And I am. Uh, for you. For those who don't of, know me. For those of you who don't know. And then me. you go comedy, which you, you go comedy light roasting, like like you don't go too bad, but light roasting of the groom mainly. Someone needs to catch a stray. Someone in the wedding party or like one of the grooms or yeah. groom arrives, family members. Someone catches a stray, comedy, all that. So it goes intro, comedy, then you go sentimental, nope. and then you do a quick comic relief to get back into the the fun of it. And then I, uh, it was you're just it's my, it's my for I just I just we said but that we were saying. we were we had the same formula. We it's had the perfect. same formula. It's intro, comedy, sentimental, no. comic relief, hooray, what cheers. What is the worst thing. Uh, speech I, you've ever heard at a wedding? Uh the worst one I've heard was the bride's father, but this guy's a talker, and we knew it. And we that we were like taking bets. We're like, all right, the under over is fifteen minute speech. The over hit hard at forty five minutes. Oh my god! Oh wow! That okay. is, I would be like, dude, I gotta pee. Yeah, you like you're like people are trying to go to the bar at that point. Like, yeah. Oh, what's the worst one you've ever heard? This, I can't say it's the worst. It's the one. It's the most awkward one at a wedding. Um, the bro- the groom's brother, uh, was in like it's it's kind of out of wedding crashers like rehab. Uh-huh. Uh, tried to tried to commit suicide and failed, and the brother like brought him back out of it. The brother got hammered, cry like breakdown on on stage. Yeah, and nobody stopped him. And yeah. it was like their mom had passed away. So it was one of these things where they were, they were just, it was, a, it was a, a, an emotional breakdown on stage. Yeah. And yeah. I've witnessed some not great ones. The other uh, one was a dry wedding. Oh, yeah. That's hard too. That somebody was very, very not dry. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh boy. Uh, I've witnessed some, some bombs. Mm-hmm. I feel like normally it happens when, too many people start making speeches and then people just don't know their limits. But yeah. I think Will and I would both agree that one of the worst we've ever seen. Uh-oh. And I think this is like a personal preference, but we were at a wedding. Like I, I'm not super close with the bride anymore, but the, the best man did essentially like a five minute slam poetry reading. Ooh. And it, the way he like delivered the whole thing was like so uncomfortable. And I was just like, Ugh. I don't, 
I don't think he. I think he thought he sounded good. Was the worst part. Like he you thought know? he was funny. He, he thought, thought he, he was Galifianakis yeah. out there. Ugh. And it was not. It was. If you're bad. not funny, if if, if you if you. If you're not funny, don't try to be funny. You can use comedic relief like, oh, see, Uncle Bill's been in the bar already. Yeah. Saw you, Uncle Bill. You didn't tip much though. Like just, you know, something. But yeah, don't but, try to don't try to do a stand-up set. Yeah, exactly. And feel free to ad-lib a little bit. Some of the best ones I've heard have ad-libbed a little bit. And they oh, were of course. Like, yeah. So, you know, pr- practice and have your extra speech, but don't go too long. But you can ad-lib. If something hits you, absolutely. But you I, just have a formula kind of in your head, like like exactly like you said. Intro, comedy. sentiment, middle. Yeah, yeah. Intro, intro relief, sentiment, story, comedy, comedy relief, back and up. then cheers. So, yeah. I can't make toast anymore because I, I hit my peak, like one of the first weddings that I made a toast at. The, the bride and the groom are still mm-hmm. really close with me, but I was okay. like, it was my college roommate and her husband who they started dating when we were living together. That was my peak. I made both moms cry. Ooh, nice. It, like it it crushed so hard. It was a hard downhill from there. Uh my last toast that <laughs> was at Lily's wedding, like fell so flat, not a single person laughed at any of the oh, jokes. No. And the thing was, I don't think it was that terrible. It was just that everyone was like so already like absolutely hammered on margaritas and mezcal that like we mm-hmm. i lost the plot i made a joke about her saving all of her baby teeth no one Nobody no one like, laughed huh? the room was crickets will oh, like looked no. like he was about to like crawl into a <laughs> hole so ever since then i'm like i'm good on making toast no one needs to hear Most, from yeah, me just cheers. Uh, the the best one, one of the best, literally the last wedding uh i was at was my cousin's my cousin's wedding and the bride's older sister like, you know, I make the joke that I'm like, oh, here, here goes another story about middle school. Yeah. And and girls, we have to, we have to, we have to rein that in. We have to rein in the when I was in second grade. It's I'm it's at, so bad when I'll you answer. walk up and you you start talking and immediately sobbing. Just don't do it. Yeah, just just break down. But this girl crushed it. It was like it was hammered the husband, hammered the what? Like, I I almost like I was like, yeah clapping and in the end just stand up unbelievable unbelievable shouts to i forgot what her name is carrie's husband or carrie's uh older sister shouts to you anyway you know what you need after a wedding i was about to make this this little segue the morning or during after. a wedding or during yeah maybe, Stay maybe you played golf in the morning you need some some hydration going in the afternoon that's our friends over at liquid iv you don't need to be an athlete to need extra hydration throughout your day, from Zoom meetings and workouts to lawn travel days and fun nights out, Liquid IV makes it easy to stay hydrated. We're talking three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, all in a single stick. And now you're rocking with uh, their hydration multiplier and three delicious sugar-free flavors, Sally. You familiar with these? Yeah, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the sugar-free. White be- white peach, green grape, and lemon-lime. Uh, I'm personally a huge lemon-lime fan uh, on the zero-sugar front. I just, I, It's pretty much a daily thing at this point, whether it's after hockey, uh, after hot yoga, which I've been doing a ton of, and I am parched. Big, big, big fan of liquid IV in that situation. I'm drinking a lot because I'm breastfeeding. Oh. There you go. You gotta stay I hydrated even, to, I didn't even think about to make that. the milk. Yeah, you're you're drinking for two at that point. Yeah, you are. Goodness gracious! Uh, one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. Again, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, and it's just something you need for for everyday use. Whether you're feeling a little run down, you got their their uh, vitamin C pack. Maybe you need a little energy boost with the matcha blend. Maybe it's just a hydration thing. Morning yeah. after, why not? Grab your liquid IV uh, hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code MAILIN at checkout. That is 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MAILIN at liquidiv.com. You want to do the next one, Sal? Yes. Hey, folks. I need some advice on how to handle a new roommate situation. For condo, for the, for context, I bought a place seven years ago to avoid high rental prices in my city. I've 
Always lived alone with my dog in a two-bedroom, two-bath. A friend of mine is caught in a bind and needs to live with me until her situation is figured out. I'm happy to offer her a place to stay, but as it gets closer to her move-in date, I'm having anxiety about living with someone after all this time. Any advice that can help me through this transition? Yeah, it's been a minute since I've lived with somebody too. Yeah. I, I get the anxiety. I think I think the best thing you can do in this situation is just be upfront about like all your expectations. Ooh, okay. Um, number one, and she didn't say this, but like, are is she is the friend gonna pay? You know, like yep. that yeah, takes yeah. a lot of the anxiety out of it because I think when you live with somebody, like understanding how bills are gonna be split and stuff is mm-hmm. most people's source of anxiety and like resentment towards each other. So gotcha. set that up up front. Are you expecting her to pay you? Like, don't let it be one of those situations where she's not paying and then like a month and a half in, you're like, maybe she should be paying me rent. Like, Mm -hmm. get that out of the way first. So like, is she going to pay you rent? Are y'all going to split like electric, water, et cetera? What is the expectation? And set those clearly from the get-go. Sure. I like that. Um, I would also think about you know, food and and things like that. Like, I I think the biggest thing too with living with somebody is like free time or who's got the living room TV or who's watching, you know, there's like, there's, there's these shared experiences and is this person, you know, if they're like a little down on their luck and they're unemployed or they just laying on the couch all day, like, Hey, I kind of want to keep it, you know, I I don't know how it works, but I think just communicate is, is the best thing. Like, Hey, I usually do this or I'm having people over or, hey, here, maybe here's a ground rule. Like if you're going to have somebody over, yeah, please text me about it. You know, there's like – it just sounds like a, a friend – it's not, like not going to be a roommate. It's going to be more like a, a guest yeah. for a while. So that's that's to me is different than a true roommate situation. And living with somebody – it's always an adjustment because you have to like learn each other's patterns and personalities. And mm-hmm. even if they're your really good friend, those first couple of weeks of like understanding how the other person works, they're always interesting. But I honestly think, I think you like take her to dinner and just be vi- very honest. With yeah. Her. Talk it out. You're like, you are now coexisting with somebody. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, here, you know what? Here are my quirks. Or if if I do something with the dishwasher that really pisses you off, don't steam on it. Like, let yeah. me know. Or if you do something that really pisses me off about the bathroom, I'm gonna let you know. It is easier since you have a two bed, two bath. It's gonna be a very like I'm over I'm, I'm on this wing and yeah. you're in that wing. Please keep your wing clean, whatever it might be. Yeah. Randy, you uh, famously live with a roommate. I do. What were some of your quirks that you guys had to work out in the new in the new crib? I'm gonna be honest with you, not much. I well, mean, like I, Jason I've, has a dog too, so that's like a like an important got to be on the same page with. I think for me, it's always been I've always lived with someone I've known. I've never like re- lived with a random person. For me, that's a lot easier. Like if it's your friend, I I feel way more easy like being very direct, to be like, hey, don't do this, or hey, like it's your <laughs> turn to buy the paper towels and stuff. I think mm, okay. just being able to have that camaraderie just. Be very open and honest with your new roommate. Be like, hey, you're supposed to be doing this or whatnot. And try to like not come at it as a uh as like a pointing fingers, like hostile thing, more of like a I'm sure yeah. you didn't know this. Like let me just yeah. like an education thing instead of like a an aggressive. Yeah. Let's uh, uh, be as limited on the passive aggressive front as possible. Like, oh, see didn't do this. Yep. You know, it's just like, that doesn't help anybody. Just be like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about your TV habits or your shower habit, you know, whatever it might be that's, that's, that causes you the anxiety. Um, Talk it out. Yeah. Just, yeah, let's say, just don't be aggressive about it. Like, instead of saying, don't do that, be like, hey, can you not do this? I mean, it's a lot in the wording. And I get the anxiety ahead of it. But I think it's one of those things that, that you kind of got to wait until you're in the thick of it yeah. to really solve that anxiety. So it's just, it's it's like everybody has this, you know, if you move in, you're kind of like, well, I don't know how it's going to go. But you just got to wait till it happens to really address those things. And honestly, look forward to it. It could be a little fun. Like yeah. Jason and I have a blast living together. So you're going to have so, a lot of fun with it too. So I kind of look forward to the fun things you're going to get to have, like doing a room. That's honestly such good advice, Randy, because it is your friend. Like you're never going to have this experience with him again. You're like, you're on like a several month long, like trip together, essentially. Mm -hmm. So like, enjoy it and try to try to focus on that instead of being like thinking of all the negatives. Embrace it. I like that. 
Uh, mailing crew. Recently out of a long-term relationship and taking some time for myself. I've been in the gym for a few days a week, uh, added a weekly trainer visit, and have been playing more golf than ever before. Sounds tight. Uh, I took a trip to visit family a few weeks back and have scheduled another one over Christmas for a full week. As such, I decided to take a solo golf trip to a resort in Frisco, Texas for Thanksgiving. I've got tea times and a massage scheduled for my visit, but here's the question. Is it weird to get a reservation for one for Thanksgiving dinner? I'm all for bellying up for the bar, uh, to the bar for drinks and dinner across the week, uh, but that feels wrong for Thanksgiving dinner. And the concierge, de- concierge desk excuse me, made a comment about a table for one on Thanksgiving. Also, as a pale king, will it be Q-zip weather in late November in Texas? Uh, I'm, I'm, ref- I'm, I'm ref- assuming he's referring to me as a, also a pale king. I'm a pale queen. You are a pale queen. Uh, it could be. Usually, I'd say it's Q-zip weather at least some point during the day. Yeah. But you do always run the risk in Texas of around 1 or 2 p.m. You might have to pop top. Yeah. For a little while. And then it goes back on right. after the round. Uh, at first I was like, no, go off. But the only reason I would be even close to hesitant about this is if the the resort or hotel is very much like a limited dining area option and you are taking a table for four by yourself. Yeah. Does that, does that kind of make sense? I'm just like, ah, I'd, I'd feel if people have to work there on Thanksgiving already, they want a full table. And they want yeah. f- people to pay for a full meal times four versus one person taking up a table that would have been taken by four people. Yeah. If that's not the case, then no, go for it. Or you can maybe sit at the bar and eat or something like that. Or if they have another restaurant on campus. But um, I just kind of feel out the the situation. Like, hey, are you guys backed up for Thanksgiving? Am I the only res? You know, I, yeah. I think it's one of those things that get more information on it. But no, it's not weird doing Thanksgiving for one. I'm I'm all for it. You know, you know me. I'm all for solo experiences. Yeah, I think I honestly I think just feel out that was going to be my advice to the concierge be like, "Hey, it, it's just me, so like I don't want to take up a table, but yeah. happy to eat at the bar or Yeah, do you guys have a full service bar that I can I can eat the same thing at? Yeah. Or you can deliver it all to my room and I'll have because like the the introverted extrovert of me is like mm-hmm. I I would probably take this opportunity to get in a robe and eat Thanksgiving dinner like in my hotel bed while watching like mm. all the episodes of Friends from Thanksgiving, you know? It's true. But Thanks. that's that's just me like wanting to be by myself and have some alone time. But yeah. I also like I feel like there's the flip side of that where you're like, I'm stir crazy. I like need to see other people. Oh, like, totally. Be especially, out in the environment. Yeah. And especially on Thanksgiving, like You'll you know you Facetime the family and and yeah. get the get the communication thing kind of in and then and then it's you time all things yeah. I kind of, I'm I'm kind of like kind you of about jealous. to do it's, this you're just about to take like a solo not for Thanksgiving trip <laughs> I'm, I, the the solo trip sounds fantastic I was yeah. we were t- with, at dinner with uh, some friends last night and he had just taken a solo trip to uh, like Tyler uh-huh. and he was staying in these little like getaway cabins are you familiar with these uh-uh. they're like tiny houses yeah. Uh, that people have dragged on trailers to to certain locations. Okay. I just did like a solo trip to Tyler in East Texas, and I was like, "Man, that sounds fucking awesome!" Just get out, clear that, clear the mind. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but yeah, I think this is gonna, this is going to be great for this guy. I love Thanksgiving. I do too. Honestly, if th- solo Thanksgiving, <coughs> you completely remove all the like drama that surrounds Thanksgiving with like families. Totally. It would be like <clears throat> I would be a little caught sad situation. I mean, mine's a little different though, but it's I mean, it sounds all imagine like getting in a robe in your hotel, eating some Thanksgiving and then just like watching football or as doing a meal, like thank I love Thanksgiving food. Okay. Truly. And I love Thanksgiving in general, but we you know, there's always the stuff that happens during Thanksgiving that's just so unnecessary. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like somebody's uncle bringing up politics or some shit <laughs> every it's, year it's literally like the drama that surrounds our family uh-huh. being from a big family is that like we all um everyone has like their role to play and a, my role is usually mm-hmm. making dinner with my mom mm-hmm. 
so I spend a lot of time, which then in turn puts a lot of pressure on Will because Will has to show up to our my parents' house and like now take care of kids oh, while yeah. I'm cooking. But then we, you know, everyone, everyone kind of resents the sister that just shows up like two minutes before, eats, and then leaves. <laughs> so we we have a lot of like, dynamics because there's five yeah. of us. Uh, and then my parents who like want us to come hang out at the house. Oh, but then, and they're like, like yeah, they, they want like a full ten hour. Right, but the problem is that we we like my mom wants that, but then she we come out there and she's like, not my mom is one of those people who can't like sit still and just chill. Oh, so yeah. like people yeah. will come out and like my dad and my brother will be watching football or whatever. Everyone's just like chilling, and mm-hmm. she is like wants us to like put us to work. So like she's like right. trying to get Christmas decorations out. We're like, can you just be like sit down with a glass of wine and just chill out that's but like that you she would have loved my mom because it's like it's if like, she sees you sitting any like she's like I, well you can't be sitting down like get up and do something right and like that's so then the rest of my siblings are like well i'm not gonna go out there to just be like free manual labor so like mm-hmm. then it like so that drama of it and that's not even that dramatic but it's like all of that bullshit is would be nice to avoid of but then it's you know the one important thing about the holidays in general is like to remember that no one's life looks like any of the movies that we've like watched growing up. So mm-hmm. I think we spend a lot of time. This is has nothing to do with this guy's question, but we spend a lot of time like mourning the fact that our family is, isn't representative of like what the American like Christmas movie family is, you yeah. know. But no one's Thanksgiving is like that or Christmas. Mm-hmm. And you even when you think that like other people's are like that because you see their like pictures on Instagram of their like matching Christmas pajamas and blah, blah. Like, you know that they probably had like a blow up fight like two hours before about something really pointless. Yeah. Oh, totally. But like every year at Thanksgiving, I'm like, I wish our family could just like sit down and chill. Sit down and be like the – Exactly what you said. Like your mom was the same way. Like everyone has their own shit and you forget because you're like so mired up in your own family. The uh, uh, shots to Barstool of Big Cat had a great take. He's like – I always in in his family and his like his wife's family. I guess it was a, a big family. He was always like I was the store run guy. Yeah, like if somebody needed anything, uh, he was just like I offered constantly. That's like, my brother. Yeah. I'll run to the store. I'll run out. I gotcha. Gas station. We need ice. We need, need ice. We need beer. Need whatever cream, it is. Whatever it is. I'm there. I'm yeah. I'm your guy. Because he's like I would just go sit in the parking lot and like have nine minutes to myself to scroll Twitter. Yeah, and like. Will's kind of that guy. Will Will doesn't anymore because of the kids. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's important for everyone to know what their role is. Know your role. No, you're 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 the dinner role, and maybe somebody else is the get there two minutes ahead. And I, I'm gonna just totally like <laughs> I'm gonna just Name totally out her. It's Emily. Oh, Emily shows up. She Emily, brings Emily. wine. She yeah. gets there. She complains that the food's not ready yet. <laughs> oh, no. And then starts oh. drinking and like gets annoyed with everyone else for it not being ready. Doesn't do a dish, oh, doesn't make Emily. anything. And then she will be like, I gotta leave, I gotta let my dog out. And we're like, we have a newborn here that we need to take <laughs> care of. You just like bring the dog. I don't yeah. crazy. Is that I wouldn't tell her to bring the dog this year, honestly. Because part of the reason the last couple of years we haven't brought our dogs out there. It's like my parents live on all this property. We should bring the dogs. And we used to, but the last couple of years, my Parents' dog, Rocky, mm-hmm. R.I.P., like, yeah. was really old, so we couldn't sure. bring our dogs yeah. around him because it would, like, stress him out. Mm-hmm. And he passed away a couple months ago, so I'm like, everyone bring the dogs out. Bring the dogs. This is, like, my parents, they're like, we want to have you out. Like, we want yeah. to have a hot tub. Like, let's make a whole thing of it. But then it's not a relaxing situation. It's, no. No, never it is. Never no. is. And everyone's – because we all live in Austin and we're, like, traveling 30 minutes north to go to my parents' house, mm-hmm. everyone's just like, I just want to be back in my own house. Do my own shit. <laughs> Super looking forward to it. Can't wait. I also love the uh, fact that everything Thanksgiving is just beige, like beige and maroon. I another tangent that's so unnecessary. We're trying to keep this tight, but well, the first time that I ever went to Will's parents Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, I made a dish that was like a it's like broccoli cauliflower, uh, um, Brussels sprout kind of au gratin situation. Ooh, the nice. only green thing that existed of the whole. Absolutely. And it's it's not healthy, okay? It's like smeared no. in like cream of mushroom soup with and, cheese and bacon. And mm-hmm. yeah. literally Will's aunt looked at me and was like, 
I'm not comfortable eating that. <laughs> the rest of the plate was like just different colors of brown and beige. Yeah. I was like, this is so Midwest. Like put one vegetable on there. People are like, no, nah, I'm good right. actually. Like it, if this is not a starch. I've, I'm fine. It's the courtesy green. Yeah. It's the uh, green bean casserole that we have as a side. But green bean casserole slaps. It's so good. Oh, I I'm, I get some. I'm I'm not part of the beige Don't come at me like we group. need a salad, okay? But like I, I will eat a green vegetable if it is absolutely coated in some sort of like cheese, cheese and butter gravy and situation. Heavy cream. Right. Um, my my thing on Thanksgiving is just dinner rolls, man. I can. You just love a Parker House roll. I'm I'm I skimp on turkey because like give me some rolls. Let me load up. This okay. We're gonna have to cut a question out because we're just now talking about Thanksgiving. But <laughs> I love talking about Thanksgiving. No, me too. We could I could do this throughout the podcast. Have you read the old PGP writer Brian McGannon's? Thing about eating twenty three rolls at yes, Thanksgiving dinner. all time, all time column. It's up there with Dave getting shelled as a little league baseball coach or baseball player, and just any things girls do. Yeah, it's it's a great column. That oh, just reminds me. I'm gonna have to that. run. I'm gonna have to run that. Maybe we can see if we can put that in the Wash newsletter. Yeah, uh, and and credit Brian with it. Oh man, what's your favorite side? Uh, on honestly, probably this this. Broccoli cauliflower Ooh, dish. Okay. I we don't have a name for it. Is the problem? I would like. Mm -hmm. I would equate it to an au gratin situation. Yeah, it, it's like a. It's some sort of. It's casserole adjacent. It's right? casserole adjacent. Yeah. It's you know. It's one of those family recipes that's been like passed down. But essentially, mm -hmm. what you do is you like, you parboil like broccoli cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and then you just absolutely drench the shit out of it with a can of cream of mushroom, a can of cream of celery. Uh, a bunch of cheddar cheese and bacon bits. Yeah, you're making a loaded baked potato casserole. But the way the that it, it like this sounds gross. But the way that it congeals and then mm. like heats up the next day. Yeah, because it's like yeah. the, honestly the way you like prepare the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts. They're not like there's no nutrients left in them. They're basically just mush. Yeah, they're green mush. <laughs> but oh, it's man. so good. It does sound. It sounds fantastic. We can do a watch Friendsgiving and I'll make it. It's oh. I haven't I man, I gotta do a I haven't done a Friendsgiving in a couple of years. Me neither. I might have to run that back. Or um, like I would say potatoes, whether they're mashed or we do yeah. a lot of scalloped potatoes. Ooh, too. That's that's a good one. I do we were always a mac and cheese household. So we so, I've made a mac and cheese a couple of years. Yeah. I definitely am gonna do it this year because of the kids. Yeah. There um you go. A homemade mac and cheese where you make your own roux and stuff is oh, yeah. so good. That's uh, so my dad would do it every year, and has since passed down the recipe. So that is always my Thanksgiving do you do contribution. Like, do you do like breadcrumbs and oh, stuff yeah, on top. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Four different cheeses. Yeah. Own roux for days. That heats up phenomenally. The next yeah. Day too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's we, we were always pretty traditional though. It was stuffing like stovetop. Fucking, yeah. my grandpa would make like the gizzard stuffing, the real deal. My mom does that too. And yeah. my grandma was like, no, give me the, the store bought the, stuff. The, like literal stovetop yes, brand. Yeah, exactly. Um, turkey, stovetop, cranberry sauce, and uh, and the can thing. Yeah, you do the, the berries and the can. Yeah, mac and mold. cheese. Yeah. I think we had, there would always be a potato option, rolls, and green bean casserole and corn. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah, Lily makes a cream a, a mean creamed corn. Mean creamed corn. Okay. Wow. We just spent like 15 minutes talking about Thanksgiving. And we could go all we could go all episode. That's the episode, you guys. We're there done. it is. But first we have to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings. You feel that chill in the air this week, Sally? Yeah, I do. That means the NHL is back and it's time to hit the ice. DraftKings Sportsbook is getting new customers ready for putt drop with an epic offer. You can score 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars on hockey that's where the selly sally yeah you following those dallas stars this year I've, i'm actually following the red wings this let's year. go will said he was getting back into hockey this he year. is so uh, not that i'm like a he, i he literally just explained the rules of hockey to me i didn't know what like offsides or anything meant have you ever seen a live hockey game uh no i have not. oh yeah best, I have not. best sport to watch live I, I have heard that i think we're gonna we're gonna try to go to a game. You absolutely. Does Fritz uh, have a uh, Red Wings jersey yet? He just got one. He just got one. Literally a Let's week ago. Let's go. So I, I have been watching the Red Wings. Have not seen a Stars game yet. Well, if you'd like to bet on them, 
DraftKings is your spot. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code WASHED. New customers can get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code WASHED only on DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Here's the disclaimer, Sally. Ready for this? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright of the NHL 2023. All rights reserved. You absolutely crushed that. Thank you very much. I'm not going to lie to you. It sounded like you were reading off the side effects in one of those drug commercials. That's that's where I, I was channeling that. Okay, great. I feel like I just like like Will Ferrell blacked out. Yeah, I'm about to try to do the same thing with this long question. Okay, hop, hop in. What's up, mail and crew? This is a, this is from Randy, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have established that it's not from Randy. Oh. Uh, we can cut that part out, Randy, if you want. I mean, I think it's good. I don't have any STD. Okay. <laughs> so I've gone on a handful of dates with a girl. We're both late 20s, and it's gone really well. We have a ton in common, share similar values, have aligning life goals, and have great chemistry. We move slow physically, though. Um, about five days in, and I would have expected to have sex by now. Five dates, by the way. Five dates. Not just five days. Sorry, five dates. <laughs> I said dates. Okay. Just, I, I heard days. Slurred. I was like, oh, I don't want to be like. No, no. Five dates. I would have expected we had sex by now, but. I was fine being patient. Well, at the end of date six, she shared with me that she has genital herpes. She's had it for around five years with only occasional mild outbreaks, takes an antiviral regularly, and has never transmitted it to anyone, to her knowledge. It seems like the biggest negative impact it has on her life is the stigma, the fact that this has been a deal breaker for other men in the past. From my own research, it seems like the risk of contracting it is decently low, but again, it's really the stigma that affects you, your life more than anything. Having to have those conversations with potential partners and exposing yourself to judgment and such. What would you do in my situation? I'm leaning towards being comfortable with it because it doesn't seem worth giving up on what could be a fantastic relationship. But if I were to contact it and we ended up breaking up, having an incurable STD would be pretty would pretty negatively impact my dating life in the future. As of now, I'm getting a full STD screening this week anyway at her request. Who knows? Maybe I already have an asymptomatic case anyway. Apparently, oral herpes is very common and very often undiagnosed. Okay. Interesting one here. PSA to everyone out there. Get checked regularly. Get screened. Yeah. STD screening. Yes. Especially if you're switching partners. Yes. Or cheating on your your significant <laughs> other or something like that. Yeah, but that too. Let's have get screened sex. regardless. Yeah. Um, okay. So he is correct. Um the the chance of contracting it is insanely low if you, if she is not having an active breakout. Got it. Okay. So, um, especially if she's on Valtrex, the antiviral, antiviral that you take, yep. um, it, getting it is is very low. He is also right that he could be an asymptomatic carrier. Men are much more likely to be asymptomatic carriers of STDs, mm -hmm. um, like HPV, PV, and things like that. Interesting. And not okay. show. Um, it's just another thing that men have over women. <laughs> it's great. Um, Sorry. On In behalf, my on opinion, behalf of men. I, I for me, I don't think this is a deal breaker. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I think you if it's going as well as he says it's going, and you can see a very legitimate relationship here. Yeah. I think it's one of those things like yeah, then then I think you're ready to take the next step. You have all these precautions in place. I don't yeah. does does condom versus no condom make a difference in that situation? Uh I would I would think so, I but I don't think I don't... so. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. It has been a long time since I've done my like STD, <laughs> STD research research um, slash like via school. So I'm not going to give advice that okay. I am not confident in. But I just think I think like say you were to engage in oral sex, I think that is still a 
path to transition tran- transmission I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, yeah. People are like screaming at their TV or whatever right now. But. The only thing I can say for certain is that you are way more likely to catch an STD if somebody is having, specifically with like something like herpes, okay. if someone's having an active outbreak. Yep. Because a lot of these are lifelong diseases, viruses mm-hmm. that lay dormant and then you have outbreaks and that's when you're at risk of transmitting Because that's else. when the virus is the most or, or is active or mm-hmm. multiplying or whatever it might be, right? Right. So, um, you know, I, again, it's been a really long time since I've taken freaking biology and can like list off all the ways that mm-hmm. each STD could be transmitted. There's a few that are bacterial transmitted. So obviously if that's going on, somebody that's a yeah, different situation. Like gonorrhea, then you just take antibiotics it's out of your system. But mm-hmm. things like HPV, herpes, HIV, all those things last forever, but you can get to a level where you're not actively passing it on. I don't gotcha. know. I think HPV Infects like eight out of ten people. I think it's yeah, it's one of those like hyper hyper. I think if, if you've ever had like a canker sore, right? You have HPV. No, right? H, that's herpes Herp- simplex. Okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, HPV is a bigger risk, especially for women for cervical cancer. So yep, yep, yep. HPV is the one that a lot of guys can carry, have absolutely no symptoms of. Really, women would have no symptoms until they get a Pap smear and then have abnormal cells. Totally. Um, so again. Important to get checked regularly. Mm-hmm. It, ha- carrying HPV, most people are. So then if you're a woman and you have it or a woman in general having sex, you should just be getting pap smears normally. Um, all that being said, my advice and is to – I would not let this be a deal breaker, but when mm-hmm. you're getting an STD screen or if you feel like you have some caveats, I would – Speak to a general practitioner yeah, and be like, hey, what are the precautions I need to take? Really good opportunity to uh, to do that. Yeah. So not a deal breaker. I agree with you on that. Get more information from people that are not just internet therapists. Yeah. But I, but I think especially, I mean, exactly what he said. It's like more of the stigma of everything. But Totally, yeah. As long as she's not having any active outbreaks or is being honest with you about if she's mm-hmm. having an active outbreak, then... And she, especially because she's taking antivirals, she might not have one ever again or only in like very, you know, like stressful or immunocompromised um, situations. I mean, even the thing is like, we're at the same place, you know, I think most people would probably consider HIV to be like a worse STD to have. Yeah. But we're even in a place with science now where that and like is, treatment where you can yeah. take antivirals where your HIV load is so low that your risk of passing it on to other people is very low too. Isn't that crazy? In 30-something yeah. years, yeah. how far science has come in that department? Right. So so the likelihood of passing it on to someone who's been very um, conscientious of themselves mm-hmm. and knowing it and that's where i would feel safer because she already disclosed it to you she knows she said she's taking antivirals all of those things versus like versus not telling you right telling you three months in after you've had sex, I, I already had sex. And, exactly yeah. so for me this is not a deal breaker yeah people are dealing with stds all the time um like because not randy not not randy clean as a whistle yeah but but like you said, we need to break the stigma because a lot of people have them. And based on how like the medical advancements are, the if you're being responsible, taking medication, et cetera, letting your partners know the risk of passing it on is really low. So I I think I, go for it. Go for it. I'm, you know, I stand with responsible genital herpes havers. Okay. Anybody else want to in solidarity? Yeah. There we go. Okay. Hey, Brett and guest. I recently moved. Sally, I'm back, you guys. Okay. Hey, okay. Brett and Sally. To be fair, he might have asked or she might have asked this when you were out. Okay, fine. Uh, hey, Brett and Sally. Uh, I recently moved to a new city and started dating again. I've been seeing a girl for about a month, and so far it's going great. She's really cool. I like spending time with her, and she really seems like my type. However, she told me that she's moving into my neighborhood, and we live about a three-minute walk from each other. It's arguably a fantastic dating situation, but... It's making me want to end things. I really don't think I'd feel like ending this if she wasn't moving. So I'm trying to wrap my head around what the issue with this is. I do really like her. So any help or advice for getting over this one factor would be greatly appreciated. The commitment thing here. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody's afraid of commitment. Yeah. 
because she's moving to the neighborhood. It's not moving it's, into your house. Right. So that, that's exactly. You can live next door to somebody and still be cordial and still, if something doesn't go, if something goes south on the date, it's not like she's moving there because of this guy. Yeah. It'd be one thing if you went on three dates and she's like, I'm moving in next to you. Yeah. That's that's different. She's moving there because it's like, oh, it's, it works for her. So in a vacuum, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. And he's just nervous. It's going to be like, he's like, oh, I'm going to be like locked down. And now I have a girlfriend and now I have, now I'm getting married and like, He's he's having an existential crisis over this that he does not need to be having. This is the Jim Karen situation from The Office. Oh, good poll. I don't, I can't believe I remembered that, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with you. You're just he's just freaking out because he thinks that it's like it's coming on too strong, which yeah. is which is totally normal to feel after one month. Sure, like absolutely. But again, at the end of the day, she's not moving into your house, and she's not even moving into like your apartment building. Like yeah, three minute walk. That's plenty. And you could you could break up with her and never see her again. There, like, absolutely. How many times do I not ever see any of my neighbors? Like a lot, a lot. I don't know. So, I don't know any of my neighbors' names. Correct. That may be more of a, a me problem. No, I definitely don't know any of my neighbors' names. Uh, but there's some people who live in my building that I like literally never set eyes on. So correct. I, I um, don't think this is that big of a deal. I think he's getting in his head about it. Yeah. I think. We've talked about this before, but there is a point in every relationship, especially when you are probably moving towards something serious that comes, in my opinion, around a month to six weeks in where mm. you're like, oh, shit, I'm getting into like a, a relationship. It's, it's, well, it's the end of the honeymoon phase, right. right? Well, I guess the honeymoon phase can last a little bit longer from you, like a lovey-dovey aspect. Right. But there's like, there's like the, the I mean- the when, like when it goes flirty official. talking yeah. phase is over and yeah. you like might start dating. Yes. And I yes, think yes. that can scare people. It sure certainly scared me with Will. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> this. Like, yeah. love Will. We're married, have two children. But like Shouts. when Will was living in Michigan and mm -hmm. I was living in Houston, it was like, oh my God, like I'm like talking to this guy. This is so random of me. We met on Twitter. Yeah. And then Men he the DMs. was moving here and I was like, oh Whoa. shit, I think I have a boyfriend now. Like yeah. I, that in most people, especially if you haven't had a serious relationship ever or in a long time, tends to bring up a little bit of panic, even when everything is normal. And yeah. that's that's the time that you start questioning like all their traits. Do I want to be with somebody who does this? Yeah, the red flags, the, but, be the beige flags, but like, speaking of beige. Right, beige flags that like aren't even a problem, that you're just making a problem because you are stressed. What Do you have a beige flag? Yes. Oh, what is it? I don't know. It's... I'm not going to tell Will's beige flag on here. Do you, do you personally have a beige oh, flag? Oh, I don't think so. Do you? Probably. I don't know. Randy, do you have a beige flag? No, but Brett has plain enough beige flags. I, I definitely Could you have please beige name flags. one for us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do them like that. No, but beige, but, but fucking you know, beige you know, flag my ass, Randy. What kind of beige flags do I have? No, they're all red. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Thanks, Randy. Um, no, but I just think this is you would probably be getting to this point in the relationship if you were gonna make things serious with her mm -hmm. based on your personality, how you feel about her, et cetera. It just happens to be coming right now because she's moving into your neighborhood. Exactly. Is my point. Is Noth my opinion. Nothing to worry about. It's not it's not putting the accelerator on the relationship. It's just in a vacuum. She's moving closer to you, not because of you, not for you, not because of the relationship. She's moving down the street and it'll be fun and embrace it. Yeah. And if you break up or if something goes south or you feel off about it, you know, six months into that setting, yeah. then fine. We can look at it differently. But it, no, no reason than if she was 19 minutes down the street. Right. Same kind of thing. Right. Um, so did you know you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health? I do know that. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. The, the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Their hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients 
Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Big deal there. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. So here's the deal. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. We can go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code MAILIN. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code MAILIN. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code MAILIN. I'm just going to caveat that really fast. Mm -hmm. I personally ordered Nutrafol on my own dime using our promo code last week because I am losing hair. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be just for men, ladies, because they have a woman's formula and they have a postpartum formula. And I'm back on my hair hair growth journey. Thank you, Nutrafol. That's just a little free PR for you. Big shots. A little Uh, added bonus. AV. Want to do the last one? Uh, Yes. Are we doing six? Do six. Okay. Brett and Sally, my wife and I are planning a trip to New York at Christmas for our first anniversary. What are recommendations for fun activities, restaurants, shows, etc.? We have both done the touristy stuff. This will be her first Christmas in the city. For context, we are staying at the Soho Grand Hotel and we'll be there for three nights and four full days. Y'all rock. Thanks for the advice. I love this. I'm doing it. You Actually, are, we might be doing it. I hope that we're doing it because I already love New York, but like New York at Christmas is just one of those experiences that like is so magical. Mm-hmm. It like brings you back to like a home alone to lost in New York. Eloise at Christmas time. It's like all of the like childhood magic you had, but like you're an adult and you can like have fucking cocktails. It's great. <laughs> it's the magic of a kid with booze. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It's the first time. Well, okay. So not the first time, but one of the, probably the second or third time I went to New York was mm-hmm. The first weekend of December, Will and I had like been dating for probably a year at that point. And we had the best time. I have like the fondest memories of that weekend. We were there with friends. We saw his friends. It's just, it's a great, great time to be in the city. It is, like you said, it's magical. Um, From like an advice standpoint, get out, get on Madison Ave, get on Fifth Ave, get on like, like, You've done the touristy stuff in New York, but you've like the Christmas touristy stuff is almost different. Yeah. Like seeing the Macy's building with all the lights on it. Yeah. See, if you want to do Times Square, it's not really Christmassy, but it is cool. Central Park uh, is beautiful. Just do the do Park Ave and, and like see all the yeah. lights on it. Do the tree, at, you know, ice skate if you want. Like do the stuff that you see in the TV shows an and elf, movies, et cetera. An elf. Yeah. And because it is really, it is really beautiful. It's really special. Yeah. Um, you want to go to Rolf's, which is the Christmas uh, yeah. bar. Uh, most bars are Christmased out in one fashion or another, uh, but Rolf's is like the number one, you know, Santa, yeah, bar. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I I'm doing it too. I think we're like ideally getting in like the Tuesday, Wednesday before Christmas, staying yeah. through till I till I go back to Saratoga. So, yeah. Um, in Soho, I don't really know. About like lower Manhattan Christmas stuff, a more a midtown upper yeah. east side guy. Uh, but my favorite bar restaurant that I will be going to is Tanner Smith's. Okay, great spot for Christmas or otherwise. But so we when we did this trip. So my here's a couple of my things. Number one, we I have not actually ever done Rolf's. We had mm. with the trip we went on. A couple of my friends went. It's cool. They I mean, just went in to like have a drink. Yeah. it's not like a must do, but. It's it's a added bonus. Yeah, if there's no line and yeah. you happen to stumble by it on a Wednesday afternoon, like it's it's worth a drink. Yeah. Um I don't think you need to get a dinner reservation there or so anything very, like that. Don't get it. I would argue well, no offense to Rolf's. There's better dinners in this. Correct. Place. What I would do is like pick out a couple of restaurants mm-hmm. in like Soho or the West Village and like do the cozy shit. Like oh, get have co- like a get cozy, so fucking cozy dinner at like, you know, any of the like millions of like really cute like West Village Ugh. restaurants or just hop on Resi I, and just go out like, but you got to do it now. 
actually right, oh like, shit. Right, like literally right I, I you know what this has reminded me to get reservations for next month right because the most places are either going to book out all of december on november 1st or you've mm-hmm. you've got a couple places like that it will do it four weeks out or even two weeks out yeah. so like get on resi figure out where you're gonna go <sighs> i can't get on resi anymore why not I, I have multiple accounts, and Randy was helping me book stuff through his email, uh-huh. or and he took it back. So I can only I can only book like Brett one day. <laughs> so you're just like gaming the system by having like multiple reservations. Yes, okay, got you it. have I to. Get, I, yeah. You you would do the same. Well, thing. Will and I do that. That's, <laughs> okay. I just yeah. feel like he was banned. One day we're sitting out there at the bullpen, and he goes, "Hey, what's your phone number?" And then like I told him. And he just goes, hey, you're going to be getting some uh, texts about reservations. I'm like, well, you just took my because my number and didn't ask me to use it for this account. It's so annoying because they don't allow you to do two reservations on the, the same, same day. At the same time, right. Or, or even like like you can't make a lunch one or a happy hour one for five and then a dinner one for seven. Right. You have it's to have a certain so amount annoying. of hours yes. in between. So you just steal your friend's phone I number. didn't steal your phone. <laughs> you didn't ask you, you if you could use me. it. Okay. Here's what I – here's what I – my advice for the New York stuff. I mean there's a million – Million really good restaurants in New of York. Course, I'm not yeah. even gonna like give you tips. If you if you want to like do like the quintessential New York ones, like do your research, get on fucking Dumois, do whatever you want to do, right. and hit like Via Corona or whatever. It's gonna be impossible to get in, but like you know, my one like um, my one like bougie ass uh, Christmas restaurant, uh, one if by land. Okay, unbelievable beef Wellington. I mean, you could also always do like the Polo Bar or like for Charles Prime or something like that. That's like going to be a cozy situation. Yeah, cozy as fuck. Get so get the cozy reservations. But one of the favorite things that we did when we went in December is we had brunch actually on the Upper East Side. Can't remember where we had brunch. Could not for the new life of me tell you. But it was like mm-hmm. up almost like on 80th or 90th. We were way up there because my – Girlfriend that Shots. we were staying with lived on the Upper East Side. Okay. Like probably off 85th, I would say. Oh, neighbors and, with yeah. your boy. And then we ended up – we were with her for like a day and a half, mm-hmm. and then we went down to Brooklyn and saw the rest of Will's friends. So when we were with her, we had brunch up there, and then we walked through the park all the way down mm-hmm. to the plaza. Mm-hmm. And it was like perfect. The weather was really nice. It was like 40-something, but it was – Oh, ideal. Like ideal in New York. Beautiful in the park. We were like doing the whole thing like mm-hmm. – and then we got down to the plaza. We like were at the plaza, and then we walked over to the Rockefeller tree. And then you're like already over there, where all of the mm-hmm. st- you know like Saks has like all the window displays and everything like that. You don't even have to go in. You can just be like Watch, walking. Yeah, yeah. But it was a great walk. It was a long walk, but it was like so relaxed. The weather was great. We were all just like chatting and like having a great time. We stopped in and had a drink. Uh, once we got close to the plaza, I forgot where we went. Um, but like, I think you make a whole day out of that. Of just like you don't have to go shopping or anything, but just like seeing all the stores, seeing yeah, all the Christmassy stuff. Yeah, it's the best. Um, and then Soho and the West Village are like so cute, and even the East Village. Like, I love like having a drink at the Bowery is like so mm-hmm. great. Just mm-hmm. like having fun uh, hotel lobby cocktails is like one of my favorite things to do. Can't go wrong. We recently in May stayed at the Greenwich and like mm-hmm. I would kill to stay at the Greenwich during Christmas. I'm sure it's like a total vibe. Absolutely. They're, they're, New York, like they they put out for yeah. Christmas vibes. Yeah. It, like holiday, everywhere. Holiday it doesn't – you could just yeah. be walking around. That's the best part about really any city is like doing your own walking tour. But like mm-hmm. New York at Christmas, you can basically do whatever. I don't think it's necessary to like go see the Rockefeller like or the Rockettes. Yeah, it's one of those things like if you want to schedule it way ahead of time, yeah. go for it. That's not one – like if, you, if you're if you there and you're like, oh, I want to do – like you don't – you can you can, you can can skip that Yeah, in my opinion. My favorite way to take in a city as an adult now – we've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. is just walking around, yeah. popping in places, having a drink, having a couple reservations mm-hmm. to have a, like a bare bones day. And then just like seeing where it takes me. Yeah. But if you need to plan stuff out and you want to like do tea at the plaza and do the rockets and do all that, you can do that too. I just think that's more of a like girls trip slash. Maybe you take your kids to sure. that. Yeah. I think for like a fun little romantic first anniversary, I think you're just like, Walking around, enjoying the magic of New York. Totally. Dude, the more you're on your feet, the more you're going to enjoy the city. Pop in places. Enjoy the Just have the all the nightcaps. And, yeah. Ugh. 
love it. I would say I'm jealous, but I'm going, so I'm just excited. I hope that we're going. Yeah, I do too. It would Let's be much. It would be much more fun to go, uh, maybe for something sponsored than a uh, than just be on my buddy's couch for like three days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> be much better. Anyway, that's gonna do it for us today, Sally. Anything uh, before we jump out of here? No, I have zero shower thoughts. Zero shower thoughts for me too. If you need a reservation, that's Randy at washmedia.com. He can help you out with his Resi account. Uh, unfortunately, he's muted, so we can't respond to that. Please subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about the show. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio. At Mailin Podcast, Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both of those platforms. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.